Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Yes, yes, yes. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity Murder Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? Episode 99. Mm. Uh, uh, we are on the brink of uh, the, the, what is that, the the, the century mark, mm-hmm. uh, 100 pods. So, you know, um, shout out to us, uh, you know, give it up for us, um, sticking it out. I know a lot of pods that have fallen in the, you know, in the quest for greatness. A lot of people just go, you know, man, fuck it, man. Not yeah. getting attraction, you know, mm-hmm. not not gravitating towards the people. Let's just call it quits. Mm-hmm. But we did not do that, you know, and that is, you know, we, we got a lot of people out there to shout out. I'm not going to do that because I don't have a list right now, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not good with names. But you people know who you are, the ones that have been there, the ones that are continuing to come in. Shout out to everybody, new listeners, old listeners, you know, people who checked in and was like, you know what, they don't really know what they're talking about. So they forgot that part about that. They were they lived in Sacramento for three years. Well, you know, sorry. That's fine. Uh, you know, shout out to you as well. You all helped to get us here on this journey, and we hope to continue and do 100 more of these things. Uh, um, but... You know, um, we are on a short time constraint. I got somewhere to be. Um, so let's just jump into the shits. Fran, uh, Botham John's killer, Amber Geiger, through all the chaos and people were saying that the judge was clever by allowing this. Uh, she allowed um, the, 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 um, the jury to take into account this law in Dallas that's basically like stand your ground, but mm-hmm. it's different. Mm-hmm. And they, I heard some t- people on, on Twitter like, she's letting them use it now because now they can't appeal on this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, maybe the judge is thinking it's chess. Mm-hmm. Amber Geiger was sentenced to 10 years. Uh, people from the jury have come out and said, you know, we took into account... Botham was such a nice person that um, he we don't think he would have wanted her to spend the rest of her life in jail. Uh, we watched his brother hug Amber Geiger in court. As beautiful of a moment as that was, I'd like to get your take on that in a second. I just want to finish all the facts. Um, we her, his father said something in like a, in church the the following weekend. Like I'd like to become your friend someday. So um, po- forgiveness is a powerful tool. But forgiveness, people forget sometimes. Forgiveness is for self. Mm-hmm. You know, forgiveness isn't for, forgiveness isn't like oh, make that woman or person feel better. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is like, I'm releasing this, mm-hmm. and I believe genuinely that that's what the father and son did. But then the mother had to come out and go, 
look, all that's cool and everything, but injustice was done here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son was shot, mm-hmm. and there's police corruption. They were hiding evidence. They helped this woman. They didn't give her a drug test or an alcohol test the night of. They let her go home, change her clothes, and that none of that is okay. And Dallas, you need to get on top of this, and we will not stop until justice is really uh delivered mm-hmm. and so mom had to go look all that because what's happening right now is the narrative is shifted to like look at the power of forgiveness yeah. and mm-hmm. hugging and you can just hug somebody and all it's all okay um friend how do you feel about amber gaga receiving 10 years for the murder of botham john oh i think it's uh that's ridiculous yeah it's that's pretty, ridiculous it's um i'm about to say something and uh some people might take it the wrong way okay but that's fine uh it just seemed like some people in the black community selling out a little bit Ooh, yeah 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 I, I see what you're saying the judge people didn't like the judge going up and hugging amber geiger after the gavel no, was slammed no, no. um i think the defense no. that i would if i was if i was sitting here just you know playing devil's advocate i would say it was a powerful moment in court and mm-hmm. you know um whatever but i've seen powerful moments in court before and i've never you know the judge you can give words yeah mm-hmm. you can say things but going up to her and giving her a Bible and all these kind of things, I felt like it was um, not separating your personal feelings for to from doing your job. Yeah. But and the, the the sentencing was out of the sentencing was on the jury. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know the judge, the judge didn't hand down. It's not. It's not like the judge had full control of that and said, well. This was such a powerful moment. I'm only giving you 10 years. The jury decided on that, but it just was a bad look for the judge to come down and yeah. hug this mm-hmm. woman. And also, just before this whole thing, there was text messages up on the screen of this woman making fun of Martin Luther King's death and mm. um, calling some cops that her and her boyfriend or whatever had met who had killed a person uh, in, in the line of duty a couple years before. Um Making jokes about, you know, not jokes, but saying like, oh, these black cops are racist, but, you know, whatever. Da, 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 da. All these kind of things. Her text messages were super shady. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, oh, but this moment happened. So it's cool. We forgot about those kind of racist texts we just saw in this court. This magic moment happened. And this black kid, like, made everything okay. So they was she's making fun of Martin Luther King's They said something about, like, it was Martin Luther King Day. So they had the day off or something like that. And then the, the guy said something like, well, when will this end? And then she said, well, when Martin Luther King gets assassinated, oh, wait. Like, dot, 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 oh, wait. Hmm. And that was in court. Like, it wasn't, this mm. was shown on a screen. Everybody saw this. I'm sure they went, mm. And then her son went up there and said something beautiful. I, none of this that I'm saying is an attack on what that young man did. I think what he did was powerful. Mm. Uh, it took a lot. It takes a lot of maturity to be able to go up on a stand and, and forgive the person that took your brother from you. Mm. Um but people are using him to say, well, let's just forget about this. Let's come together, y'all, and all this kind of things. And it's like, this woman came into a man's home and murdered him. Yeah. And we're, what? We're, it's over now? That's what I'm saying. This, you know? It's not like this dude was, Bosman John was, you know, uh, a case of mistaken identity. Yes. Or, you know, I guess wrong place, wrong time. He was in his house. This is, it's a different um it's a different look at it when this dude is in his house. Absolutely. This cop comes in and kills him, and now it's like, oh, we forgive you. Like, what? Like, yeah, no. It, yeah, it, it, no. It is. There's, there is nothing to forgive as far as I'm concerned. You can hope the best for them. Um, I don't know if I could forgive somebody that immediately. Forgiveness no. would take time for me. No. It would take, it would, it would, I wouldn't be able to do it during the trial, you know? So, I, again, salute to that kid. 
but I think that it, it's dangerous when it's being weaponized to try to use because the the brother did it. It's like, well, we as Americans can forgive this mistake mm-hmm. that this woman made is what they're trying to do yeah. with that footage and the pictures of oh, the hug. Man. And it's like, it, it, look at the power of forgiveness and, you know, people can come back. The power of Christ. It, everything was just so... They were using religion in this case yeah. in, a, in a weird way, mm-hmm. and I didn't really like it. I thought that the, the facts should have been the facts, and the facts are this woman did not pre- perform CPR on this man. Mm-hmm. She was very concerned about herself, yeah. and um, she walked into a, a person's home and shot them in their yeah. home. It, and, I, and I always hearken back to, you know, so many other people have said it, but I just want to be another person that said it. If this was flipped and Botham John was a concealed carrying civilian... Mm-hmm who worked a late shift at his job, wherever he worked, I don't know, and came to what he thought was his home and walked into Amber Geiger's house, mm-hmm. who was a police police officer and a white woman, mm-hmm. and shot her twice in the chest. Yeah. This man, th- th- he would be America public enemy number one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just here in Baltimore. I'm not saying what happened was okay, but a young man committed vehicular homicide on a police officer. Mm-hmm. He ran her over running mm-hmm. away from a robbery that he committed, and she died. Yeah. And he was... It you know there was like racist people came out to her funeral mm-hmm. and 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 and, and it were calling for this kid's head and I, I'm not saying it's not justified he did kill a person but that kid is serving life in prison yeah you know for accidentally killing somebody mm-hmm. you know so when it's flipped it's just pretty nuts to me there's a woman from Florida who's serving 20 years in prison right now Florida is where no I'm sorry I was thinking of another case Florida is Florida it was there was a case that just happened recently like this week where a guy accidentally shot his son-in-law or his stepson because he jumped out of the bushes and he got, there was not even an investigation. Mm. But this woman who she shot a gun in the air, a, like somebody was breaking into her home mm-hmm. and she she was like, I, st- I stood my ground. She got convicted of like aggravated assault for shooting a gun in the air. Wow. She's serving more time in prison for shooting a gun in the air than Amber Geiger is serving for killing somebody in their home. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that is the disparity of that. And I don't, I'm not saying this because she's white. I think it's closer to because she's a police officer yeah. or was a police officer. And, you know, then this whole thing comes out. This guy, Joshua Brown, who was his next door neighbor who lived across the hall from him. Mm-hmm. This guy got shot on Friday. Yeah. Killed. Killed. Shot once in the leg and once in the back, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's connected because... I don't know what the connection would be there other than if the if there was if I wanted to play conspiracy theorist guy, mm-hmm. you know, a police officer shot him to send a message to don't don't testify against the police. Mm-hmm. If I really wanted to make it that, this could have just been an unfortunate event. Yeah. But the timing's a little shady. Yeah. You know, in this crazy chaotic case, people are ended up dying, they're suppressing witnesses. There was a woman who filmed the original video that mm-hmm. we all saw from the floor down of her pacing up and down the hallway. That woman got fired from her job. They yep. seized her video. She was not a witness in court. You know, like, I don't know how, how are you not? Mm-hmm. She's getting gaggle Yeah, her. like, yeah. I mean, you are not, how are you, how are you not a, a witness in this case? You filmed the moments after of her p- pacing back and forth. And, and according to the woman, she said that video that she took was like 60 seconds after she heard the gunshots. So if she shot this person and is now pacing up and down the hallway, she definitely didn't perform CPR on him. She's not even in the room. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, the case is just crazy. It's a tragic story. And um, I I hope the family finds peace. But I feel like peace is being forced upon them because of a a genuine moment of uh, this this person uh, (laughs) uh, believing in his faith 
and and offering forgiveness to this woman and now he's being heralded as like oh what this this guy has forgiven amber geiger and everything is forgiven and the family has moved on and all these that's that is far from far from true they have to go through thanksgiving is coming up they have to go through christmas his birthday just passed recently Mm -hmm. they will never forget that their son was murdered you know so don't use him as uh this moment that this kid was brave enough to 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 perform as like let's all just you know move on when amber geiger gets out in five years Let's leave her alone. She's Fuck been for, she's been forgiven. I don't want to. I just don't. I don't like seeing them pictures with her. She's bawling out crying. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. People not about people her. feed into that. Like it's no no. It's no pat on the back. You know you did something wrong. Let's yeah. get back. No hell no. It just isn't that's crazy. Her. She didn't she didn't drop the milk when she was trying to get it out of the fridge. You know Fuck like that. She killed a person. So um, I just there's there was a lot of emotion. There's a lot. She got a death stare for me. The whole the whole trial at the very i mean she would have got she would have the fact that he again and i i i can only commend him because i i would have i would have put a hex on her on that stand you put me on the stand and the person that killed my brother in in his home Mm -hmm. a police officer a person who was supposed to protect and serve you know and and was in uniform the last thing botham john saw was a person in uniform came into his home and murdered him yeah you know his his thoughts were like he was assassinated. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, like that, if that's the last thing you see is a police officer in uniform murders you, mm-hmm. who knows the things that were going through his mind as he died, you know? So that was the last thing he saw. And if you put me across from that person, the last thing I'm going to do is like say, I don't want you to go to prison and I forgive you. And, and you know, um, I don't I don't think Botham would have wanted people keep saying that. He's not here, right. and I know I don't know him, and his family knows him better than me, but you know who doesn't know him better than his family or me is the jury. Mm-hmm. And so the jury shouldn't be talking about... Yeah. The, they interviewed two people, and they said, we don't think Bo would have wanted this. First of all, don't call him by his nickname. You don't know this man. Yeah. Do your job and be an unbiased juror. So bias can come in many forms. It doesn't have to just be you don't like Amber Geiger. It could be you've fallen so much into these stories that you've heard about Botham Jean being a church-going person that you think you know him now and you don't think he would want this person to face the the consequences of their actions. You know, keep in mind, this, this woman is going to be out in no more than six to seven years, maybe earlier than that. And she murdered a person in their home. So... I don't really have much else to say on it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It really is upsetting. It's a terrible thing. And I, all I can do is say, I, I hope that it never happens to me. But when that's the most terrifying thing about this to me is that, you know, this now sets the precedent that, hey, a police officer can, police officer can work a long shift and then just fuck up and, and end up in your home. Right. And essentially get away with it. And get away with it and just get a slap on the wrist. Because that's all this is. That's you know, and now it's like, oh, she'll never be a police officer again. But you know what? She has the complete opportunity to do live get out life. write a book live yeah. her life make some money, money. doing speaking yep. engagements going yep. and speaking to people about how apologetic she is they've opened up a lane for this woman to become like a, a kind of a celebrity in a yep. sense so she doesn't have to become a police officer you know she doesn't have to ever be a police officer again you know is she going to be villainized because i spoke on that last time before we had come to the point where the trial was happening mm. i did speak on that uh that social media wave if it follows you, can be, you know, a, a prison sentence in its own. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get out, you're still 
Amber Geiger. Yeah. But they've already laid the foundation for that to be lessened mm-hmm. because her this this moment is being played on Fox News and CNN of the hug and the forgiveness and it was just an accident and people make mistakes and everything's okay if you just apologize. It's not an accident when some he's dead. I mean, it's not like he he's in a hospital recovering or he's something. He's dead and she shot him on purpose. She thought what regardless of what she thought, she didn't accidentally shoot Botham John. She no. shot Botham John on purpose because she thought he was in her in 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 her home. That's not an accident. She meant to shoot him twice in the chest. Yeah. But she just thought he was a burglar. That's the only accident of it. The, she didn't like think it was a taser or any, she shot him twice on purpose. So this wasn't an accident. Yeah. So I don't like that even that phrasing of it I'm seeing. It wasn't an accident. She shot him on purpose. She just was completely wrong mm-hmm. and all of that's on her. She was wrong. She was in the wrong apartment. She walked down the wrong hallway. She was on the wrong floor. That's all her. It's not an accident. She fucked up, but it's not an accidental shooting. Mm. She shot him on purpose. So um, rest in peace to Botham John. Rest in peace to Joshua Brown. I really, I hope that, you know, the guy was in court wearing a Dragon Ball Z shirt. I'm not saying that means like he Mm -hmm. isn't a, you know, involved in some seedy things. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know the guy. He was at a different apartment complex when he was shot, but... From all accounts, you can only you, everybody's gonna speak good about somebody that they love when they yeah. pass. But from all accounts, he was a good guy. He worked for a living. He wasn't a, you know a troublemaker. And this guy is dead. You know the week after the biggest trial in America recently. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's fishy. So yeah. I hope it is know, fishy. But I mean, like it's like the trial was over. That's what I mean. Like and if he would have got shot before, it yeah, before or if she if or if she got life, then I'd be like, well, I'm like, okay, well, that's. That's a little fishy. Yeah. But she got 10 years. Like, if this she kind of got off. Yeah, exactly. You know, so if this is some <laughs> conspiracy, like, like you shot this. That's why I'm like, maybe it just was the wrong place. Maybe it was a robbery. I want to, for the sake of Dallas, mm-hmm. I hope that they follow the breadcrumbs and it just is like, it was a robbery. Yeah. He got in an altercation with some. Because if this leads to some more, we'll never, they'll, they'll never find the killer or they couldn't find camera footage or nobody. They get swept under the rug. For sure. Yeah. But if it does. That's 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 uh that's scary for Dallas. Yeah. Because people are gonna wanna revolt over yeah. that. Yeah, not saying this this type of thing can't happen anywhere, but I have no reason to go down south. Just I don't even Yeah, man. Well, even so that's the thing, man. Dallas is kind of a dope city, you know. So you you're a Dallas mean, Cowboys fan. Yeah, I don't need to go down there. <laughs> <laughs> the games I can come watch on TV. Games. <laughs> what are you about? I can watch Cowboy games from Baltimore. You know, yeah, so, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, so, again, man, rest in peace, Botham John. Mm, rest, I, yeah, man. I, um, you know. I hope 2020 is a better year, man. But, you know, something that's not going to be, though. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you currently, have some the, type of, some currently type the president of... of the United States is calling for uh, uh, thoughts of civil war if he is not elected president again. So, I, I don't think 2020 is going to be uh, all that sweet, man. a little bit of optimism, man. I, man. Know, I'm sorry. I just don't want to give you false hope, man. <laughs> I just want to keep, you know, I like to keep it real with you, man. And if I'm keeping it real, Jeez. if I'm keeping it a bean, 2020 is going to be shitty and crazy, especially towards the tail end. Like right around Thanksgiving, Christmas time, around this year, time next year, shit's going to be crazy. It's going to be all kind of fucking fights and shit happening and cars burning. It's going to be crazy. And um, keep that shit from around me, though. Just well, not saying I don't want it to happen at all. Yeah. yeah anyway, I, I but don't, just don't even bring it. I don't want it to happen. Luckily for us, I think, um... Yeah, that's hard, dog. I was going to say, Baltimore's kind of like a, it's a democratic uh, city and all this kind of stuff, but we get those, we're surrounded by southern territory. Yeah. So it's a mix. Mm-hmm. So it is hard, because I'll see, 
you know, the MAGA stickers and the big American flags and, you know, Trump 2020 stickers. Mm-hmm. See it all the time. I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. So those people can just be like, all it takes is a person that you're in Domino's, or I would never eat Domino's, but you're in Domino's and it's like, that's right, man, or whatever, you know, 2020, fucking get these libs out of here. And it takes, all it takes is one person to be like, shut the fuck up. And now it's a fight in yeah. the Domino's that yeah. you're in. And you, you know. I, I have a lot of people that are Trump fans on my route. Yeah. Me just seeing them, just I see them every day. They're, I mean, they're not. They're not bad people. From, they're not bad people. All of them are not bad people. I would so not sit like, up here all and of say, them. Yeah. yeah, you can't say just to be honest. You can't say all of them are like racist. Yeah, you can't say. But all the racists love him. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. But I'm just saying, not all of those people yes. are like that. Not all. Uh, it's, it's like a classic tweet. It's like yeah. not all Trump supporters are racist, yeah. but all the all racists, racists are Trump supporters. Yeah. Love them. So that's um. That's hard, and that's why 2020 is going to be an interesting time. Because uh-huh. it really is. I thought 2016 was going to be this line in the sand mm-hmm. where I th- I thought what I was seeing was like, oh, everybody that I know is going to be like, this guy's a terrible person. Like, well, not. And then I see people that I know are like, no, nah, man, this dude's dope. Like, he he gets it. He's yeah. shaking the system up. But I was like, oh, wow, okay, well, then I'm super wrong. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment when he became president where I had to go, oh, well, I don't know how the world works at all. You know, yeah. it really was this reality check for me where I went, you know, we all know evil when we see it and we all know good people and, you know, words matter. And it's like, no, words don't matter. If people get a little bit of extra money in their account and they feel like um, they can, there's a person who they can say, this person's lesser than you and they're the reason that your life isn't going the way that it is. If people give you a person for that to be, mm-hmm. everybody wants to be on that track. Everybody yeah. wants to be, well, my life is kind of rough, but I'm not that person and that yeah. person's bad. Yeah, and he provided that to a lot of people, you know, yeah. and 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 some people saw that as a great thing. I'm not one of them. Yeah, my grandmother's black and she supports Donald Trump, and you know, so yeah, she loves him socks, you know. Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you oh, didn't tell big me big time, big time, man, big time. <laughs> I got her Donald Trump uh, hair, cotton candy for uh, for Christmas. I didn't I know supply, this. I donated money to what I'm sure is some kind of Donald Trump. Shell Corporation. I didn't know this. I bought his cotton candy hair because she loves him. Wow. I didn't yeah, know oh, that. yeah, yeah. But my grandmother isn't like, she's like an anarchist. So she loves, she's like one of those people that's like, he's shaking it up. He's not saying yeah. things how yeah. people, she's one of those kind yeah. of people. Mm-hmm. And he really speaks to those people that yeah. are like, this, all the rich people, oh, yeah. they love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's I get it though. I do get it. He's putting money in your pocket. <laughs> you just got to go, he doesn't, all you, when you're making money like some of these people are, you just got to yeah. go, well, he doesn't say things the best, but like, you know, we're, you know, the country's doing great and the stock market and things that I don't have any contribution. I don't make money yeah, in the stock market or, you know, anything like that. But people who do are like, he doesn't say things the best, but like, you know, we're getting money though. Yeah, get it. Hey, you know, so that was kind of a rant. Just keep all the racist shit away from me. Fran, I want 2020 to be great. I hope do I so, think it's going to be? Oh, no, man. I hope so, though. I don't think it's going to be great. But that's just the pessimist in me, man. I don't yeah. think anything's going to be great till yeah. it is. And even then, I'm skeptical. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's going great, but like, this shit, the bottom's going to fall out of this soon. So yeah. This shit is I think we're at the bottom. You think it can get any worse than it is now? <sighs> the civil war breakout? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was like uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely. It can get worse. No, it can get, it can definitely get worse. I hope it doesn't. Um, but it can definitely get worse. Yeah, no, for sure. It could get way, 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 I guess if we still see... Have you seen the Handmaid's Tale? And, huh? Have you seen the Handmaid's Tale? Mm-mm. It could definitely become the Handmaid's Tale. It, that that show came out and it was like, 
this show is crazy. I can't yeah, I don't, I'm, I don't get caught in fictional shit like that. I'm not. Mm. But it ain't that fictional when you see the times we're living in now, man. I mean, um, there's there's this movement of uh, there are like women against women who are like these women. They want to be too free and have too much sex. A woman should submit to their husband, mm-hmm. and he should be the king of the house. And he should do you should do what he says. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the Handmaid's Tale is. Mm-hmm. And then all the girls who are like, no, nah, fuck that independence, whatever. They fucking beat this fucking. Uh, pay the beat, beat the freedom out of them mm-hmm. and made them have their babies, mm. and that's the Handmaid's Tale. Okay, and all the women that are like, "Yes, sir, whatever you say, you're my husband. I'll make the dinner and yeah, pr- praise you." Mm-hmm. They get to be, you know, quote unquote, free-ish, but they're just, you know, servants to men. And then the women who are like, "Nah, fuck that. I got my lip pierced, and you know, I mean, wasn't it like that like centuries nipple. ago?" Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. history repeats, man. Yeah, I know that. People forget that. You know, yeah. history repeats. There could be a crusade against gays and blacks tomorrow, and shit can go back to 16-whatever real fast. So I don't I don't ever forget that. And I never get caught up in this, like, it's a different time. It's not like that anymore. It's better than it was. Because that's all just by choice. Mm-hmm. Anything that's happening right now is because the powers that be are like, y'all can, y'all can rock right now. We'll let black people be cool and whatever. But if they decide, like, you know what? Um, uh, shit is a little rough right now, and so we're not going to pay these people anymore. If you make less than this much money, now you don't make any money and you still got to work. Shit can go, and then you just got, you can either fight, which I don't think we got the, we don't got the ability to do, or you just fucking fall in line. Remember when the TSA wasn't getting paid? Mm-hmm. They were still making those people go to work, man. Shit. I don't even know if they got the back. I'm assuming they did, but... They weren't getting paid for weeks, and they still had to come to work. And if they didn't go to work, they got fired. That's slavery. Mm. So that was it. That fast, if that that fast, it was like we're such sheep. I'm including me in it. Mm-hmm. That it's like once you, you're this is the rotation, this is the the, the schedule that you're in. You still got to do that. It's just like the option of not doing it isn't there. Mm-hmm. It's like well, the boss man said, you know, either come to work or you don't have a job anymore. And it's like, but you're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. Get banned together and none of you go to work. Shut the airports down. Can't fucking go to work and there's no TSA people to check the bags. But they didn't do that. They went to work. Yeah. That's I mean that's 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 the long and short of it. People, you know, people talk all the Twitter that makes people think like the revolution is coming, man. But the revolution is not going to happen on Twitter. The revolution is going to happen in the streets. And if you show up to the revolution and ain't nobody there, you got to take your ass home. <laughs> it's just you and a rock. Yeah. And then the people in that out there. But you go on Twitter, it's like, man, kill all the rich people and burn this down and the 1%. Man, them people not coming outside, man. You know? You see these Antifa riots and, you know, going up back and forth with the Trump supporters and all That's cool, you know, whatever. But, like, on a mass scale, that's not doing anything. That's not yeah. affecting these rich people. They don't give a fuck. You know? But, I mean, shout out to Elizabeth Warren. Shout out to Bernie Sanders. I hate to say I told you so, but, I mean, the dude had a heart attack. I fucking love Bernie Sanders. Bro. Recently? He had a heart attack last week. Oh, he did? I didn't on know that. On the campaign trail. I didn't know that. He's not the one, man. I love his policies. I love his ideas. Bernie Sanders looks rough, man. Man. And then he's not even, doesn't even have the job yet. I don't want to see Bernie Sanders die like the year after he becomes president. Yeah. You Dang know? Heart attack, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. So that, that's not a good sign, man. I fucking love Bernie Sanders. Yeah. He's not the one, man. Mm-hmm. He's not the one. Donald Trump, at that ammo in his hands, that man will come up with some kind of crazy nickname for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Weak heart Bernie and all this type of shit and people eat it up. And you know, Is the whole impeachment thing real? 
Is that a real thing? It's real. They, they, you know, they put in the papers for it. I don't think it's, you know, Jesus impeachment takes Christ. a long time. By the time it'll happen, it'll be the election. It, it wouldn't even be, you won't even be at the point then. It'll just be election time. And then it's like, well, I mean, shit, who cares? So it was a little late, you know. Get Obama but, back up in there. Well, that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Joe Biden is shit. So I don't, you know, I, that whole idea I had months ago where it's like, yeah, you do Obama, you do Bi- Biden, Obama. Switch it around. Obama's the vice president. People will love that. They he all caught him. up in shit now? Yeah, man. Joe Biden's is fucking shit. He should just drop out. He'd fumbled the bag at a level I've never seen. All Joe Biden had to do was not, stay, not say stupid shit, mm-hmm. and he was a shoe-in for the nomination. Mm-hmm. People loved him. Yeah. He was the vice president to a very likable guy mm-hmm. for eight years. He has great name recognition. He just went out and was like, you know, black people can do stuff like poor people. Just all kind of fumbling of words and saying stuff weird. And, you know, he has a weird history and all that. Just a lot of stuff that he is no longer, I don't want him in the race. Mm -hmm. All he's going to do is take away from uh, votes from people who have a shot. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders were going to be the kind of head to head. Bernie Sanders just had a heart attack. So Mm -hmm. my faith in his health is gone and i didn't have much of it to begin with mm. i've spoken publicly on this podcast hey come on man so is this a clear race you saying i think it's elizabeth warren's to lose oh. man I, oh, okay. you know, I, I think it's elizabeth warren's to lose i think she has a chance people gotta get out and vote man people gotta get out and vote please get out and vote man i, I you know I, people stayed home in 2016 a lot of people stayed home because they were like i don't like hillary clinton or um Donald Trump, they're the both evil, and you know I, I'm not gonna sit here and try to defend Hillary Clinton because I think she had some shady shit with her. But I think this Elizabeth Warren could be the one. Like she could be that woman, pre- like that whole thing that Hillary Clinton had going for her, mm. the woman and break the ceiling. And Elizabeth Warren is really that. You mm. know, like she really does give a fuck about this shit. Her past isn't shady, other than some you know some Native American shit. Like she was claiming that she had Native American blood and. Mm. Um, it wasn't as much as people thought it was or whatever. So now people call her Pocahontas, like Donald Trump named her Pocahontas. Mm. So his supporters call her that. But other than that, when people think Hillary Clinton is like murders people, Mm -hmm. whenever somebody dies that wears a suit and is on TV, they're like the Clintons. So they think the Clintons are like in the Illuminati. Mm. So that's very different. You know, being a little wrong about your fucking 23 and me and being a fucking death merchant. Mm -hmm. We can, we can, one's little less than the other one. And I think Elizabeth Warren could be that female candidate that becomes the first female president. And I'm all for it, man. I fuck with her. But I mean, Donald Trump knows the game, man. He just knows the shit to say on TV to get those people that like him routed. If he loses, I don't think he even cares, man. If he loses, there's going to be riots in the street. Yeah, but I don't think he cares. But I, I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. If that's the if the alternative is this dude continues to be president or, you know, Portland explodes into a little riot in downtown for a couple of days, you got to take one or the other. And I'm taking the other. I'm, I'm taking the former, man. I, I I don't I don't think this dude should be president. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal and we make it. I don't I kind of which one as far as him losing. I hope not. I think it may be up. I hope that I I'm. I hope that. that everything I'm saying about the revolution is the same thing about you know these racist uh, storms. Like it just lives on the internet. But the only thing to me is, I you know if if I had somebody had to put me in a box right now, I would be considered like a bleeding heart liberal. To, in, in my opinion, I'd be like considered a, if they had to put me in a box, I'd be like a liberal. I don't really like guns. I don't really like this. All those people who 
fuck with him and all that type of shit, you go on their Facebooks or whatever, they got pictures of guns and they know how to farm and they wear camouflage and they all think they're in the military already or they formerly were in the military. So those people versus me and a bunch of people like me who like drink oat milk and are like, you know, hey man, everybody, love is love and we, we're all just people and yeah. I don't guns. I don't like guns. I'm taking the fucking rednecks and the fucking, you know, incels against us, man. If I had to be honest about it. I mean, I got hands, mm-hmm. but I can't beat up a dude that has a gun. Yeah. So... I'm hoping that that wave is the internet, and I'm hoping I'm hoping it's all internet. Like you said, I hope it's all not gonna be as big of a deal as we think. But if it's not, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of guns in this mm-hmm. country, and I think the people with the guns mostly fuck with this dude right now. I can't even say I don't think people would just go out and start shooting people just because he's not president anymore. But I don't even know. We don't know. Man. <laughs> people go out and shoot people in this country for a lot less. I know that's what I'm saying. I don't know. You know, so I don't know. But luckily, let's let's stop the rant, the rant. But there was no shootings at the Joker premiere. Good. Did There's, you go? No. Okay, I didn't go. Um, but not because of that. Just because I have been busy and yeah. I don't know. I see what I, I wasn't going anyway. But. Yeah. Um. But so that was that was something that was blown out of proportion. I hope yep. so hopefully it continues to be blown out of proportion. And just everybody can go to the movies. Social media. So sad you got to say that. So people can just go to the movies and have a good time and not worry about getting murdered. Yeah. So I mean, my anxiety goes crazy when I leave the house. Yeah. Through the roof. <laughs> I was at Wingstop. It's ridiculous. Before we go to good vibes, I was at Wingstop yesterday and two dudes sat behind me like. It was two of them, but they kind of sat down kind of too casually. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there, and I was looking at the side of my eye, because I was like, they're going to try to knock me out. And just in case they are, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. But they just were sitting there talking about albums coming out or whatever. Sad, like, it's just, uh, I'm on alert at all times, yep. man. You have to be. got to be. But <laughs> let's forget about that, man. The world is good a lot of times, too. So, Fran, let's get into these good vibes, <laughs> man. Let's get some positivity going, right? That's right, folks. Welcome to another segment of Good Vibes. We're here to bring some positive vibrations into your life and lift those spirits. Fran, um, do you want to go? You want me to you go? Can go? Okay, cool. Boom. Okay. So my Good Vibes story this week is is kind of brief. Uh, it is about a internet video that has put a big smile on my face. It's about it's from this woman named Chloe Dorsey. Uh, she was in Stone Mountain Park last week, and she came across a deer that had gotten his hip stuck in between uh, the bars of a metal fence. Mm-hmm. So she put her phone down to record it, went and like like fucking he woman spread the bars apart. Yeah, and the deer got loose. Yay, hooray, you know, everything's great. Bye, deer. Lovely thing. Deer sprints like 60 yards straight, gets stuck in another fence. Like a big dopey dope, right? <laughs> so she picks up her phone, you know, and 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 <laughs> goes to the next fence, puts the phone back down in front of that. And I don't know if this woman does Pilates or what, but she fucking went behind the fence again, took the bars, spread them, and the deer got loose. And she said, don't you get stuck in no damn fence again. Mm. And sent him on his way. And um, I have not posted the video up on Facebook, but it really is a very, uh, (laughs) um, it's funny and heartwarming and um, it's sad that deers are getting caught in man-made things, but it's beautiful that this woman just kind of leapt into action and and was very, um, I don't know if she has kids, but it was, it was reminiscent. It was so black mom. Like I heard my mom when she said, don't don't get stuck in no damn fence again. Mm -hmm. Like it was very like annoyed, but like, I, I love you. 
So um, shout out to Chloe Dorsey. I thought that was a beautiful video. I will put it up on Facebook so people who haven't seen it, it's, you know, it's been all over the place. But if anybody who hasn't seen it, it'll be up on the Facebook page and you can all, you know, enjoy and laugh uh, at that as well. Um, that was my good vibe, short and simple. Fran, please. So my good vibe story is about Dennis Bonifin. Mm -hmm. um, it has been only about five months since Dennis Bonifin tried to commit suicide. Oh, wow. But now he has found an unlikely new source of therapy in graffiti. Okay. However... Um, Dennis isn't the isn't the one responsible for spray painting the streets. Instead, he is taking upon himself to clean up racist and hateful vandalism. Oh, okay. Yep. Dennis, who suffers from bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, is the owner of B and D Power Wash and Painting Service in Swan in Swanton, Ohio. Okay. He was first inspired to start volunteering his time and resources last week when he saw a Facebook post about how someone has spray painted several swastikas on a nearby street. Who else is still paying swastikas, man? Get so corny. Get a new symbol. I mean, it's like, I mean, not do or don't or don't commit racist acts, but like the swastika. That's so fucking like 1997. Like, what is this American History X? Like, but I mean, is it is it like something you see on like a YouTube video or something you just learned in school? It's like, just so associated oh, with racism. That's cool. Yeah, I well, want to follow that. It's just, yeah, it's like, just so associated with racism and, and 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 Nazism that if you don't like black people or Jewish people or whatever people. That's like your bat signal. That's crazy. Anyway, so he then grabbed his power washer and erased hateful graffiti free of charge. And he has continued to spend his free time after work cleaning up other offensive acts of vandalism around the city. He said, it's very rewarding to be able to do something and then put a smile on my face. It actually helps my, my mood. Uh, actually helps my mood a lot. That's good. Um, so he says, if any Ohio residents know of any other areas of vandalism that are in need of attention, he is encouraging social media users to contact him via his company Facebook page. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of fucking, he won't be done that job ever. Yeah. You know, it's fucking graffiti. And they ain't sitting to be paying him something. Uh, yeah. Like, man. I thought I would have loved that um, the graffiti, I don't know if he's art, you know, art inclined, mm -hmm. but I thought it was going to be like, he power washes them and then puts like a cool mural up. You know, maybe he could link up with somebody to do something like that. There was a dude who also is from Ohio, I believe, who was he was giving away free uh, tattoo touch ups. I might have done good vibes, actually. Mm -hmm. He was giving up giving away free tattoo cover ups to people who got uh, racist shit tattooed on themselves and are like embarrassed by it. But it's free. Like You come in, I'll turn that swastika into like a bird. Or you come in, it's like white power. I'll turn, I'll cover that up with like a rose or whatever. Like, what made people go? I want to swatch the gut, but then change. Like, you know, I don't want it no more. Like, you gotta. What did what, like? What did your daughter have a, a interracial child <laughs> for you to be? That like, was one of the people in the video. Know? An old man who okay. had like a. Um, he was like a motorcycle guy mm -hmm. and had some kind of crazy thing and his daughter had a, a mixed kid. Yep. He's like, I love this kid, man. I don't want him yeah. to look at that. That is literally one of the examples. Okay. But for a lot of people, it's like people want to belong. Mm-hmm. And if you grow up in a place that is predominantly white and you fall into the wrong crowd, it's like becoming a juggalo. Mm -hmm. Like people that become juggalos, I'm not shitting on juggalos, you know, mm -hmm. whoop, whoop. But um, they're looking for family and friendship and bond. Same thing with people that become bloods and crips. It's mm -hmm. all the same thing. Yeah. They just fell into the group that were like, hey, man, you want a beer? Yeah. And, you know, like, fuck black people, right? And they're like, uh, yeah. I, I fit in. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, I'll mm -hmm. fuck black people. And then you're in it now, and then it's like, fuck black people, right? Fuck niggers, right? Uh, um, uh, yeah, 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 no, for mm -hmm. sure. All right, cool. Now you get boots, and we're going to shave your head, and you're a, we're going to hug you. Are they racist? You. Huh? Juggalos are racist? No, no, no. Oh. There are some racist people. Um, 
There might be some overlap, but okay. for the most part, Juggalos are like insane clown. Just, mif- just misfits, mm-hmm. man. I don't, you know, it's 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 one of my favorite subcultures. I love Juggalos. American Juggalo on YouTube, great. American Juggalo Two, even better. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaggy Two Dope, fucking. I mean, the the other guy. Um, it is a it is a crazy world. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck people like about it, mm-hmm. but I respect that they like it. Anyway, that's just the same thing with racism. It's like you meet a bunch of racist people and they like you and they take you out and you become part of their group. You're like, well, I guess what we, you know, some people play Pokemon or, you know, whatever. And some mm-hmm. people are like racist. That's yeah. like, what what do we do as a group collectively? Yeah. It's like we are racist together and mm-hmm. go to rock concerts and whatever. And we're fucking Doc Martin boots and tank tops. And that's like our crew. And that's how, and that that's how fast it can happen. And then, but you do that at 15 to 17 and then you're like a 30 year old person and you're like. I have a fucking swastika on my arm. Yeah. I'm not racist. I love Sheila at my job. Yeah. Can you get this off me? And this guy was like, yeah, boom, you know? So shout out to people like that, man. Like, you know, doing something, providing people an opportunity to change, you know? And that kind of contradicts what we came in on with the Amber Amber Geiger things. But Mm -hmm. having us, I would, I would shake a person's hand who formerly had a swastika tattoo and and told me about it and said, you know, I was, it was a before I'd even touch Amber Geiger, you know? So um, they're very different to me. Mm-hmm. You know, forgiveness is... For, <laughs> there's limits to my forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it ends at, you killed my family member in their home. Yeah. You know, you, you used to be a racist. It's like, I mean, hey man, people grow up, I guess. I don't know. You know, can't be... People can't be evil forever, you know, because of something stupid they did when they were 15. I don't know. But some people think that racism is like this this group of... I don't know what they what they call baby. I don't know what they call, but this group of these old people uh-huh. that when they die off, no, 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 it uh, is it's gonna be yeah. Nice. I don't like that idea at all because those people have kids and they tell them yep. their values and all this kind of yep. stuff. And now you just have a however many kids those people yeah. had that just died. Their kids are the same way too. Yep. The only thing that you can hope is black culture being the most dominant culture in the world, and you know all this interracial marriage and all these kind of things. Maybe that it'll it'll it'll. Um, lessen it Some, but everybody's gonna be light skinned like, in like 50 years that's literally, literally <laughs> there's literally like a National Geographic um, article about that but yeah no for sure but there's always gonna be people that, yeah, are, that sure. are like racist that's yeah. always gonna mm-hmm. be a thing but because I've seen people that like are talk doing like rants on videos they're like 13 with like Travis Scott playing in the background like, yeah. black people are stupid and y'all yeah. want this that it's like but you listen to rap music and you want braids and you want to do the dances. So they want all the culture without having to deal with black people, you know? So the, that's the crazy thing like about that. racist people is like, they want our shit. You know, they want to do the dances at the cookouts or whatever, barbecues. I don't know what people call their things. And, and, and you know, and, 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 and rap to the music and all this kind of stuff. But they just don't want to be associated with them. That's the crazy thing about racist people to me. And I just want everybody to come together and be cool and be dope. So I don't know. Uh... Well, um, that's all I got to say on that matter. We went a little long, and I was trying to get out of here quick, and we still are fine, but we good. Um, what, what I want to do is we're going to go out to a little Simon and Garfunkel, April Come She Will. I think this is a great fall song, really sets the tone. We're kind of in that in-between where it's just starting to, you know, cool off, you know, get a couple warm days. It's kind of my, my favorite time of the year. So, uh, yeah, we're going to listen to a little Simon and Garfunkel when we come back. I'm going to tell you some fucked up shit, so stick around. When streams are ripe and swelled with rain May she will stay Resting in my arms again June, 
Jealous walk, she'll prowl the night. July, she will fly and give no warning to her flight. All right, and we are back. Just to be clear, one last time, shout out to everybody who has sent in an email or an audio clip. Um, for the 100th episode, which will be next episode, it is here. It is on the way. It is around the corner. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be re- reminiscing on some of the crazy shit we've discussed on this podcast. We're going to be talking about some of our like crazy rants and funny moments and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so, if you want to get in a submission before then, affirmative murder at uh, gmail.com and you know the, the the inbox is open please hit us up with uh, your favorite moments or any of those kind of things i would prefer if you knew the episode so i was able to so i could be able to like pull it if we're gonna pull it and play it if we're gonna play it but if not that's cool it probably just won't get played and we'll just read your email because i'm not gonna fucking listen to man uh an hour a hundred hours yeah i'm not gonna listen to over a hundred hours of audio for a fart joke or something so um if you know where it is great please let us know if not (laughs) it's free you know i'm sorry i don't have the manpower to put in those time those kinds of hours um my affirmative murder this week friend Mm -hmm. is uh vaughn greenwood okay the skid row slasher Hmm. okay my source was uh michael newton the author of an encyclopedia of modern serial killers Mm -hmm. um and uh, here we go. So, <clears throat> Von Greenwood was born in Pennsylvania in 1944. He was raised by foster parents and only managed to complete seven years of school. So, no degree, no nothing, you know, very limited education. Street smart. Yeah. Uh, at 20 years of age in 1964, Von Greenwood started his killing spree. During his crimes as a serial killer, he was known to rob commit acts of vampirism, mutilate, and murder his victims. Vampirism? Vampirism. He was drinking that blood. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he was doing, man. (laughs) Is he like walking around with like sharp fangs? No, no. I think he would like like let them like a cow, like like stick them and then put it like get in a nice glass and then drink it that way. He was classy. He wasn't like one. No. <laughs> no, he wasn't count. He wasn't the count. No, he wasn't the count. He wasn't oh, okay. the count. Uh, uh, victims were ritually posed by uh, vic- victims were ritually posed by the slasher post mortem mm. with salt sprinkled around their bodies and cups of blood standing nearby. Mm. Their wounds surrounded by markings of unknown significance. So like almost like hieroglyph esque, but mm-hmm. his own his own hieroglyphs. Mm-hmm. Uh, police re- recruited psychiatric experts to create a profile of the killer, publishing assorted sketches of their suspect. But the case was unfortunately solved by accident. Um, unfortunately, the case was ultimately solved by accident, embarrassing authorities whose profile mm-hmm. of the murderer were often were sadly off the mark like drastically la detectives had described the skid row slasher as a white male in his late 20s or 30s six feet tall and 190 pounds with shoulder length stringy blonde hair and he was not that at all he was big black Mm -hmm. um i don't even know how big he was but he was black and he didn't have blonde hair to his shoulders at Mm -hmm. all he had like a regular shout out to everybody who knows what a regular is so the skid row slasher's first known victim was an aging transient named david russell 
found on the library steps with his throat cut and numerous stab wounds on November 13, 1964. The following day, after killing David Russell, 67-year-old Benjamin Hornberg was killed in the second-floor restroom of, a, of his seedy hotel room, throat slashed from ear to ear, numerous stab wounds marking his head and upper torso. So he just stabbed him in the head and the chest. Mm. Uh, police saw a pattern of sorts, but it seemed to lead nowhere. And the early victims were forgotten because Greenwood's slangs were interrupted in 1966 when he was in prison for over five years in Illinois for the attempted murder of a man in Chicago. But by December 1974, the killer returned with a vengeance. On December 1st, he murdered 46-year-old Charles Jackson, an alcoholic drifter, on the spot where David Russell had been slain a decade earlier. Mm. Moses Yakinak a 47-year-old Eskimo was knifed to death in a skid row alley on December 8th and on December 8th and 54-year-old Arthur Dahlstedt was slain outside an abandoned building 3 days later so he Where just, was this LA Eskimo Yeah I looked that up to make sure that wasn't like racist in 2019 and apparently Eskimo is the proper slant, the proper term for um Canadian uh like indigenous people and Inuits is the insensitive term because it only refers to one. There's like two types of in, like uh, indigenous people mm-hmm. in Canada, but Inuit only refers to one. Mm. So if you, it would be like, it would be like calling a, a, a Jamaican person uh, African, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, they're not the same thing. Right. But uh, Eskimo is like a blanket term. Like it refers to both of those groups. Okay. So Eskimo, yeah. An Eskimo, uh, like a, an, an, an indigenous Canadian, like one of the original Canadian type mm-hmm. of people or something like that. I don't know all the full details. I'm not going to pretend that. No genealogy. <laughs> like, that's the best you got from me. He was an Eskimo and he was knifed to death uh, in, in a skid row alley on December 8th. And, uh, so yeah, so these are all back to back. Um, um, he, he murdered Arthur Dossled on December 22nd and 42 year old David Perez was found in some shrubbery adjacent to the Los Angeles public library. Uh, Casimir Strawinski, who was 58, was found in his hotel room on January 9th, and 46-year-old Robert Shanahan had been dead several days when another hotel maid discovered his body. A bayonet was protruding from his chest. Damn. He was discovered on January 17th. So again, this is like a spree. He's mm-hmm. From December to January, he's been going like once a week, consistently. The final Skid Row victim, 49-year-old Samuel Suarez was also killed indoors, his body found in a sleazy fifth-floor hotel room. Inexplicably, the killer switched his hunting ground to Hollywood on January 29, 1975, stabbing 45-year-old George Frias to death in his own apartment. Two days later, a cash register mechanic, which that's not a job anymore, you know, so um, it's crazy to hear, like, a job that isn't... You'd be like, yeah, he worked at Blockbuster. It's like... What does that mean? You know, like that's just not a thing anymore. So uh, he was a cash register mechanic, you know. So yeah, that job is just obsolete. Thirty-four-year-old um, Clyde Hayes was found in his Hollywood home, marked by the slasher's characteristic mutilation. So he had like symbols. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he got these symbols from, but the dude's off his rocker. Um, a psychiatric profile published on the morning of Clyde Hayes' murder described the killer as a sexually impotent coward. Venting his own feelings of worthlessness on... This is just a roast session. 
venting his feelings of worthlessness on hapless derelicts and drifters he kills. And we think he's trying to resolve his own inner conflicts by turning his wrath and hatred outward. Mm -hmm. He was further described as a friendless, poorly educated loner, probably homosexual, and unspecified physical deformity. So they really just went in on this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But their first profile was so wrong that I'm sure they didn't have much... I don't know. I guess you got to be confident in your job. But they thought they thought they were looking for a white dude, like a mm-hmm. tall white dude. Yeah. Um, on February 2nd, a prowler invaded the Hollywood home of William Graham, assaulting him with a with a hatchet before house guest Kenneth, Kenneth Riker intervened and both men plunged through a plate glass window. Mm-hmm. So he stepped up and fucking saved his friend. Uh, the attacker fled on foot, striking next at the home of actor Burt Reynolds. What's your favorite Burt Reynolds movie? You got, you got Cop and a Half, got uh, Longest Yard, um, The Deliverance. The Longest Yard with, the ne- with Nelly in it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, Longest Yard with Nelly in yeah, it. Yeah, I like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Burt Reynolds from you know his uh, storied career and from that movie with Nelly in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when he, when he, when he, uh, when he broke into Burt, when he, he like, uh, he... Ended up in Burt Reynolds' home. But on the running away, he dropped a letter that was addressed to himself in Burt Reynolds' driveway. So now you got Burt Reynolds involved in this case, insanity. Uh, police picked up Vaughn Greenwood, charging him with counts of burglary and assault. Their search of his residence netting him netting a pair of cufflinks stolen from one of his victims, George Frias. A year later, on January 23, 1976... Greenwood was indicted on 11 counts of murder in the slasher crimes. Unfortunately for police, the suspect profile was a stumbling block for their solution of the case. For an opener, Vaughn Greenwood was a 32-year-old black man, lacking any obvious deformities, and from the testimony of acquaintances, he was not impotent. So I guess they went up on there and were spilling the tea like, no, no, he, he he could get down. Yeah. Uh, he was a loner and a homosexual who finished seventh grade before he fled his Pennsylvania foster home and thumbed a ride to California. So he was low level education from Pennsylvania. Uh huh. Yeah, man. He, <laughs> <laughs> he got busy, man. He put that, he got that. He put that thumb to work. Yeah, but he, what he did was what he did was he put the thumb to work to get to Chicago. Not oh, to say okay. that's like not all still a feat, mm-hmm. but then he chilled in Chicago for a bit. Committed okay. a couple of murders there, ended up going to prison for for a few years, but then he ended up going from there to California, and then he would thumb back and forth from California to Chicago. So that's wow. like Midwest to West. That's still fucking, that's still a journey to like hitchhike there mm-hmm. and trains and shit, but he did. He Yeah, he would go back and forth from Chicago to California. At like what? How old are you in seventh grade? Twelve? <sighs> I say like 11, something like that. Yeah, 11, 12. But he was also an idiot. So he could have been like 15. You know, he could have got held back a couple times. Um, but yeah, so he had a low level of, of education. He was homosexual and he was a loner. So they're still young they're, though. For you be thumbing rides. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. But his profile was half correct. Uh, right. Yeah, so okay. he just wasn't a white guy. With a. With blonde, long hair and a, some kind of deformity. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was half, halfway right. Um, uh, most of his adult life was spent drifting from Chicago to west to the west coast 
and back again, like I just said, riding the rails and earning his keep as a migrant farm worker. In Chicago during 1966, he demanded cash from 70-year-old Mance Porter following a sexual encounter in his Skid Row apartment, hmm? which is like one of the, you know, like a box. Yeah, I know. That's why I said, hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, uh, when Porter refused. Wait. Uh, wait. Maybe he had a, maybe he actually had an apartment. Oh, okay. I, I, but, I'm like, but, what do you have, stairs? <laughs> what the hell's going on? It could have been a very lavish box. Like okay. it could have been like like several boxes, mm-hmm. like a, like a shanty town. Like okay. you know, some of them, some of those like shit little towns that they build under bridges and stuff yeah. are really elaborate. There's like trash can fire, and you can go in, but like you're like deep in, mm-hmm. you know. And Vegas, they like live underneath the. There's actually a, a bum fights, uh, mm-hmm. a, a bum fights DVD mm-hmm. where there's this dude from Vegas because it's all in Vegas, and he's taking them on. A, they do a cribs, mm-hmm. and he has a gold. He has a gold shopping cart. Mm. So, so all the other people were like, oh shit, that's the man right there. Yeah, basically, that's what he said. Wow, he was showing him his food and all this kind of stuff. It was gold plated. It was spray paint, but you yeah, know, yeah. I, duh. <laughs> <laughs> he just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a gold. He had a gold shopping cart, but he's like, I don't want to get rid of this worldly possession. I could get th- hundreds of thousands of dollars for it, maybe millions, but like. It's a sign. It's a sign of my status. You know, people respect okay. me for the. No, nah, I just, I just thought maybe people were listening. And they thought maybe I meant it was actually gold. No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> anyway, back to man supporter. So when Porter refused, Greenwood uh, attacked and stabbed him repeatedly with two different knives, and he ended up spending five and a half years in jail, convicted on uh, aggravated battery. Mm. He also slashed his throat, but he survived. Oh shit! Yeah, this is where the hiatus came in. From 1964 to 1972, where he was was in jail and then ended up popping up in California and started going in on all the Skid Row people there. Mm -hmm. Skid Row has just become a blanket term. Like, there's a Skid Row. Skid Row in California is like the famous one. Yeah. You know, for lack of a better word. But it is, you know, it's been in movies and all this kind of stuff. But there's a Skid Row in Chicago. Can you drive past it? Yeah, it's it's like the street where all the homeless people live. I want to drive past it. Why? Just to see it. Well, go and give them something. Don't just ride through it. Go drop a box of cheeseburgers off or something, you know? Okay, that's fine. I just, I, man, I didn't say I was going to go there and blast Damn. my music. I'm just saying it's not the Washington Monument. You know, <laughs> and my I just foot wanna, hanging out the I window. I just want to go where I just want to go. I just want to go ride through that. But earth. you see it on TV. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah, it. it's 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 a like um, most of the people that are in Skid Row in California are you know um there you know you know homelessness you know and drug addiction and things like that uh you know so yeah um but it is. There's Skid Row and there's Skid Row's just like the street, the the block where all the homeless people are. Yeah. So, but Skid Row in California specifically has become famous, but it's just a term for like where the homeless people are. I want to go. Maybe we should, we should take to that podcast, to L.A. Yeah, if we're gonna do something positive, man, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we're just like podding, riding down the street, you know, like like man, they're homeless, you know, like I think you know, so yeah, I'm down to go out and do something, come out, you know, bring a food truck, yeah. you know, drop we off. Should do that. Just think about it. Hey man, if this podcast start making some real money, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm down to do whatever. I'm, I'm, I always want to give back to the people. You got to yeah. give back. Anyway, um, so yeah, so he ended up doing five years. That's where the hiatus came in. And while awaiting, so back to you know, currently in his life, you know, he's been picked up out of Burt Reynolds' backyard. Yeah. Uh, while awaiting trial on eleven murder charges, Greenwood was convicted of assaulting William Graham and Kenneth Riker, who were the rich people from Hollywood, who mm. he broke into their house and they j- knocked him through the plate glass and yeah. everything. Uh, he was he was facing a thirty-two year to life uh, prison sentence on that. 
For breaking in somebody's house. Yeah, well, it was Hollywood, man. They were ne- neighbors with Burt Reynolds, so they threw the book at him. But he was also on trial for eleven. I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna give this. I'm not gonna give this guy the <laughs> the, the system going against the black man thing. He doesn't get that. He killed eleven people. If it was just that, I'd be like, this is fucked up. But he also is on trial for eleven murders. Uh, on December 30th, 1976, the defendant was convicted of nine counts of first degree murder. Jurors failed to reach a verdict in which the case of victims David Russell and Charles Jackson, who coincidentally were the two victims uh, who were killed in the same spot two years, yeah. ten years apart. They couldn't, they couldn't convict on either one of those. And uh, Greenwood was sentenced to life on January 19th, 1977. The judge recommended that he, re- he re- never be released because his presence in any community would constitute a menace. Uh, to my knowledge, Von Greenwood is still alive and serving his uh, sentence, and he's about 75 years old. Where? In L.A.? Uh, he was convicted in L.A., so I would imagine, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was the story of Von Greenwood, the skid row slasher. No. What if it still comes up? What? Does he still hear about it? Like, do people still ask him? Uh, oh, yeah, skid, yeah, skid row slasher. Sorry, yeah, it is skid row slasher. Um, Yeah, I'm sure that's, like, what his rep is based around. He's also, like, an old man at this point, so... But I'm sure when he first was in prison... I'm he, talking about now, though. Do he still get to people, like, write him or something like that, or... I mean, people Does it are, still come up I mean, somewhere. People are fanatics, man. I mean, I'm sure we're def. I I'm pretty sure I've heard this po- this story on my favorite murder. So I'm sure a more investigative podcast or TV show would ask for an interview or some kind of correspondence. I'm sure he gets messaged about it all the time. He killed 11 people, and you know, was drinking blood and pouring salt around people and taking their shoes off and pointing them towards them. There's a lot of ritualistic stuff involved in that. That people might want to get to get to the um, psychology behind. So I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he's been involved in a mm. lot of like books and mm. podcasts and TV shows and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was Von Greenwood. Uh, what we're gonna do is you got a question? Mm, no. Okay. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back, Fran. It is on you, please. My first murder is about the Oakland County child killer. Oh, wow. This is a, a unsolved murder. Oh. Yep. So two boys and two girls went missing from their Oakland County communities northwest of Detroit, Detroit, Michigan, and all were found dead within 19 days. Oh wow! Their bodies were disposed in a similar in similar ways, and in clear public view. Oh. Strangulation and shotguns were used to kill the children. Oh wow! Several of whom were sexually assaulted before they were murdered. Most of the children disappeared on their way to a specific location. One victim, a 12-year-old girl, allegedly had plans to run away on her bike. Oh. 12 years old. I mean... Yeah. Well, there's... I mean, I remember that story a couple years ago that that girl that got killed. She lived in Delaware, and she went and met with a dude in Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. and he killed her and, like, burned her body in in an alley. Hmm. And she was, like, 14. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about that on here, yeah. you know, and um, so, yeah, man, I mean, a kid can just get an idea. It could be a person that in this case, the dude told her to come and, and what I'm talking about. Yeah. But this was what year was this? This was in 70s. Oh, yeah. So there was no like, like, like Facebook or mm-hmm. something like that, you know, but it could have been he could have met her and said, like, I'll take you whoever he or she. I don't know. But like they could have talked her into running away. You don't yeah. you, we don't know, you know. Yeah. Well, I think um, I think it, I think why why she wanted to break comes up. Oh, okay. Story. But I do. It just she did try to run away on her bike. Okay. And, yeah. The autopsy of another eleven year old boy named Timothy K- 
Timothy King, who disappeared one night after going to a drugstore to buy candy, provided perhaps the most disturbing details of his final hours. During a 13-month period, four children were abducted and murdered with their bodies left in various locations within the county. Mm. The children were each held from, from 4 to 19 days before being killed. Oh, wow. Their death triggered a murder investigation, which at the time was the largest in U.S. history. The murders are still unsolved. Detroit's two daily newspapers, as well as the area's numerous radio and television stations, covered the case. A, presenta- a presentation on WXYT Radio entitled Winter's Fear, The Children, The Killer, The Search won the Peabody Award 1977. Mm. So these are the um, confirmed, vic- confirmed vic- victims. Mark S- Stebbins, who was 12 years old, of Ferndale, was last seen leaving an American Legion Hall on Sunday afternoon, February 15, 1976. He told his mother he was going home to watch television. His body was found on February 19th, neatly laid out in a snowbank mm. in the parking lot of an office building at 10 Mile Road in Greenfield and South in Southfield Oak Park. Greenfield is the boundary between two cities. He had strangled and sexually assaulted, uh, sexually assaulted um, with an object, mm. and had suffered two lacerations to left to the left rear of his head. Rope marks were evident upon both his wrists and ankles, indicating he had been bound throughout his period of captivity. Mm. He was fully clothed in in the outfit he was wearing um, when he was last seen alive. Jesus. Yep. Jill Robinson, who was 12 years old of Royal Oak, packed a backpack and ran away from her home, her home on Wednesday. Okay. This is the girl I was talking about earlier. Mm. December 22nd, 1976, following an argument with her mother mm. over dinner preparations. That's, so this was just a... Just a little stupid argument. And she took it, she yeah. took, it to the, took it to the extreme. Kids, and, man. And then her mom has to just live with that that that's the last thing that, that's rough yeah that's rough man so the day after her disappearance her bicycle was found behind a hobby store in main on main street in that city her body was found on the morning of december 26th so she was took on the 22nd wow um yeah her body was found on the morning of december 26th along the side of interstate 75 near big beaver road in troy she was killed by a single 12 gauge shotgun blast of the face oh my god yep that's so violent. A shotgun to the face, bro. Yeah, that's fucking... Jesus Christ. Uh, Yeah, shotgun blast to the face while laying face up in a very position in which her body was found. She was fully clothed and still wearing her backpack. Wow. The body was placed within sight of the Troy police station. Once, once again laid out neatly in the snow. Christine Mihalik, 10 of Berkeley, was last seen Sunday... January 2nd, 1977, at 3 p.m. at the 7-Eleven store in 12 Mile Road at Oakshire in Berkeley, purchasing a magazine. She was reported missing by her mother three hours later. A mail carrier spotted her fully clothed body 19 days later on the side of the rural road of Franklin Village. She had been smothered. The body was laid within view of nearby homes, eyes closed and arms folded across across the chest once again in the snow. So, so she he's was like, like trying to like he's he, in his this person's mind they were like being care like taking care of them like yeah being gentle yeah except he fucking shot that girl in the face yeah and this girl he smothered her and like later like she was in the casket yeah yeah 
this shit, man, I think about, like, I used to walk to the store, because I was a latchkey kid. My mom worked, like, in the time where I got off school to my mom coming home. It was, like, four or five hours, like, from mm. three to eight. Yeah. And I would walk to the fucking 7-Eleven and get Cheetos and, you know, hot fries and Pepsi Blue and all those fucking snacks and shit as a kid. And just thinking about a kid just going to go do that and then they end up getting snatched, it, it's it's crazy to me. Like, you don't realize how lucky you are that, like, a, a creep didn't ride by yeah. and see you and were like, him. Yeah, it's like when you think about it now and then you're, you're older, yeah. it's like... We used to fucking just walk around by ourselves and shit like that. And, All the time. And not even think about somebody taking us no. or kidnapping us. No. That's crazy. That's fucking nuts, man. So an autopsy revealed that she had died um, less than 24 hours before her body was discovered. Timothy King, who was 11, borrowed 30 cents from his, old, from his older sister and left his home in Birmingham uh, with a skateboard in hand to buy candy at the drugstore on nearby Maple Road on Wednesday, March 16th, 1977, at about 8.30 p.m., which is kind of late. Yeah. Um, he left the store by the rear entrance, which opened to a parking lot shared with the supermarket and vanished. An intensive search was executed that covered the entire Detroit metropolitan area, and there was widespread media coverage, already heavy with coverage on the previous three slayings. And in... in, in in an emotional television appeal, Timothy's father, Barry King, begged the abductor to release his son unharmed. And when I see stuff like that, it's like, damn. It's hard because, like, statistically, it's probably too late anyway. But so, just, I mean, it's your kid. You got you to gotta yeah, make the yeah. plea. But, it, I mean, it, th- th- I would bet that the st- the statistics on how many times that's done anything are like in the one, like like eight percent like lower than that where it's like please bring my kid home and then they just show up alive like but you got to do it you yeah know? it's just how I think of it it's just like me I always see that and I picture the the guy who you know cr- did these crimes is watching that and yeah getting off on that mm-hmm. yeah and that's just that's terrifying yeah. Um, in a letter printed in the Detroit News, Marion King wrote that she hoped Timothy could come home as soon as she could serve. Wait. Marion King, I'm guessing this is his mother mm-hmm. or his sister, wrote that she hoped Timothy could come home soon so she could serve him his favorite meal. Mm. Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's. She didn't make that. <laughs> no disrespect. I don't know. That's. That's just, the, that's just I know, I get it, I get it. Yeah. In the late evening hours of March 22nd, 1977, two teenagers in a car spotted his body in a shallow ditch alongside Gill Road, about 300 feet south of Eight Mile Road, in Livy, Livonia, just across, just across the county line in Wayne County. His skateboard was placed next to his body. His clothing had been neatly pressed and washed. This person has killed more people than these kids, man. This is such a pattern of, mm-hmm. this is a serial, this is like Zodiac shit. Mm-hmm. Like, just the meticulousness of mm-hmm. the p- placing them and yeah. all that kind of, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, his shit was pressed and washed, his clothes. Uh, Yeah, so his, his clothes, his clothing had been neatly pressed and washed. He had been suffocated and sexually assaulted with an object. The postmortem showed that Timothy had eaten fried chicken before he was slain. So he did watch the fucking thing then, or maybe he asked for it. He asked. Oh, that's terrifying. Imagine getting that detail as his parent. 
and then you had said that on the news yeah and then he did eat fried chicken he hold these kids for at least 19 13 or 19 days so they report him missing after like a couple hours yeah so that he probably could have that's crazy yes that's sad uh, so, and then he had been suffocated approximately six hours before his body was found. So these are the su- suspected um, victims that he they said that you know might have been connected to the same killer. There were other abductions and murders around the Oakland County area within the same period. They are not specifically tied to the four victims above due to variations in the cases. Cynthia, who was sixteen, who was sixteen, was abducted and bludgeoned to death. On the evening of January 5th, 1976, missing from Roseville, she was discovered nude and battered in Blooms, Bloomsfield Township in the early morning hours of January 16th. Now, that doesn't sound like yeah, the padding yeah, of that. that sounds a little chaotic. But, but I mean... He shoot that girl in the face, though. Yeah, he did. But none of them was unclothed or, you know... Right, right. But it's crazy how I mean you got this guy doing these murders that was like four he did and then you still got somebody else doing crazy that is nuts Jane Allen who was 14 was murdered by carbon monoxide poisoning Mm. after accepting a ride with hitchhiking while hitchhiking in Royal Oak on August 7th 1976 she was found floating in the river in Miamisburg Ohio on August 11th that just doesn't sound connected at all you got uh, Sheila, who was 14, was raped and shot dead while babysitting in a home in Villa Street, Birmingham, oh, wow. on January 20th, in 1976. Her assailant had burglarized several homes in the neighborhood earlier that morning. I mean, earlier that evening, a neighborhood had a neighbor had watched the entire attack from his roof, where he was shoveling snow. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you mean? He watched the whole thing. He watched it, but wait, where, where was he at? Did you hear what I said? He was on his roof shoveling the roof. <laughs> yeah. The fuck is he doing? He's a suspect. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. <laughs> he was shoveling his roof and he saw the whole yeah. thing. Yep. He was on. He was. He watched the whole. And entire, he didn't get down. The and... entire attack on his roof while shoveling snow. And then, oh my god. Yep. So Oliver Rhodes Andrews confessed to and was convicted of the murder. Of Sheila and is serving life sentence in, in um, prison. That's not now, him. This was, yeah, this was, they brought this up, but this was disapproved because this guy um, confessed. Another possible one was Kimberly King, 12 years old. I don't think no relation to the, to the, the um, mom, to the, the other boy. That yeah. last name is King. Was last seen in Warren, Michigan on September 15th, 1979. Kimberly is believed to have been abducted and authorities have considered that her disappearance could be connected to the unsolved killings her body was never found so, oh wow that's just a possible one so after the discovery of christine christine's body authorities realized that they were dealing with three related cases and evidence that was similar reports were released publicly of the possibility of a serial killer operating in the oakland county area michigan state police led a group of law enforcement officials from 13 communities in the in the formation of a task force Devoted solely to the investigation. Theo. Hey, buddy. Sorry, we're doing something right now. Soon after Timothy King was abducted, a composite drawing of a of the suspected kidnapper and his vehicle his vehicle was released. A woman claimed she had seen a boy with a skateboard talking to a man in a parking lot of 
the drugstore that Timothy had told his parents where he was going um, in order to ride his skateboard. Mm, when he went to go get candy. Yeah. And I guess I guess when you see something like that, you like, I don't want to be yeah, nosy. Yeah, nosy. The thing that it took me adjusting to, um, and it's weird because I'm, I'm – I'm in an interracial relationship and our children will be in this situation is mm-hmm. that like when you see, but sometimes it's like when you see like a black kid mm-hmm. talking to like a white person, you, it, you automatically kind of go like, okay, well, what's that? Especially if it's like a one-on-one conversation. That's what I mean. That's what okay. I mean. Like, I don't mean like, I mean like they're the only two people around you. Yeah. You, your instinct is the like, go, that doesn't match. Yeah. But it, it takes like, just seeing the way the world's gone in the past few years to go like, well, probably their grandkid or yeah. their, maybe they adopted them or something like that. It's just, but um, initially, like a few years ago, I, it all it would always make me like, I would do a double take. To, yeah. You know, if I saw like a, a woman holding the hand of a little black girl or a, 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 a white man, or even like in reverse, like mm-hmm. a black, that, a, a dude got pulled over. <laughs> it was all over fucking the news a couple years ago. He was babysitting some white kids. Yeah. The police pulled him over and, they they were asking the kid. They were like, "That's Mr. Darren." Yeah. They're like, "Okay, man. Well, we need to. We gotta. We gotta um verify this." They're like, yeah. "You don't hear the kids, man." I'm just. He's like, "Nah." He's like, "Nah, man. That's not enough. Sorry." And it's just like, I'm not saying that's right, but I understand you being like, "That doesn't fit right to, in my brain." Right. You know. But yeah, kid holding a skateboard at eight o'clock at night outside of a Seven Eleven. Talking to some person. Talking to some person. Dog. I mean, maybe I would. It, it'll depend on the situation. If, if if I saw him leaning out of his, he's in a car. Mm-hmm. Yes, red flag. But me, mm-hmm. them standing together. I don't know if I double take. Yeah, right. So the vehicle reportedly was a blue AMC Gremlin with white side stripe. Authorities would eventually question every Gremlin owner in Oakland County. It looks like some type of pedophile looking car, like, like a van, a, like a two door fucking coupe. Ugly oh. coupe or oh, hatchback looking thing. Mm, some some trunk space. Yeah. Creep. So investigators put together a profile of the killer based on witnesses' description of the man talking to Timothy King that night he disappeared. A white male with dark complexion, twenty five to thirty five year old years old, with shaggy hair and sideburns. Authorities believe that the killer had a job that gave him freedom of movement of movement. And may have appeared to someone that a child might trust, mm. which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Such as a police officer, mm. um, a clergyman, or a doctor. Ooh. He was also believed to be familiar with the area and had the ability ability to keep children for long periods of time without rousing neighbors' suspicions. The task force checked out more than 18,000 tips, which resulted in about two dozen arrests and unrelated charges and the busting of a multi-state child pornography ring operating on North Fox Island in Lake Michigan. That Johnny Gosh shit, man. Yeah. So how you get tips for you you trying to solve some get tips and then you solve a whole bunch of other shit but not and come original. across a damn a whole child pornography fucking multi-state shit. That is wild. <laughs> when you start following, you start pulling that, that when you start pulling that thread, man. You start pulling that thread, you start looking in that world. You start finding out there's some fucking seedy shit going on, man. Yeah. That's why I only follow threads so far. When I start seeing shit connect that I don't, I'm like, I don't even want this information. Yeah. My my search ends here. Yeah. So the task, uh, oh wait. Also, however, task force members were unable to make much headway in the investigation. The task force disbanded in in December 1978 
and the investigation was turned over to the state police. Mm. So the sur- the suspects and person of interest was some guy named Allen. A few weeks after the death of Timothy King, Detroit psych- psychiatrist Dr. Bruce Danto, who worked with the task force, received a poorly spelled guilt-written letter. And now I'm going to read this and let me know if you understand it because I kind of didn't understand it. Okay. The letters... Writer identified himself as Allen and claimed that he was a sadomasochist, okay. slave of his roommate Frank, okay. who who is the OCCK, which is the Oklahoma um, County Child Killer. Okay. Allen wrote a pleading, fearful, and remorseful letter indicating that he was losing his sanity, uh-huh. endangered, and suicidal, uh-huh. convincing Danto, Danto is the psychiatrist, uh-huh. that he was that he was genuine. Allen wrote that he accompanied Frank on many road trips seeking boys. Okay. But he never was present during the abductions for the boys that Frank murdered. Mm. Allen confirmed that Frank drove a gremlin, mm. but he, who was Frank, junked it out in Ohio never to be seen again. Mm. So Allen described that Frank was traumatized by killing children in, in Vietnam War, mm. in which he and Allen served. And was taking revenge on more influent citizens such as residents of Birmingham. Allen wrote wrote that Frank wanted rich people to suffer for sending forces to Vietnam to kill their kids and receiving nothing in return. Oh, so not even about the kids. Yeah. Just, okay, wow, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's the part I was confused about. Okay. Allen instructed Danto to respond by printing the cold words Weather burial says trees to bloom in three weeks. Weather what? Bureau. Bureau? What is it? B-U-R-E. Bureau. 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 Okay. Weather Weather Bureau Bureau says trees to bloom in three weeks. So like print that in a newspaper? Yeah. Published in that Sunday's free press edition. And then it says, soon after, Danto got a call from Allen, Mm -hmm. who offered to provide photographic evidence in exchange for a letter from Michigan Governor William Mellican. This is deep. Guaranteeing immunity from prosecution. For Allen. Yep. Okay. The psychiatrist arranged to meet Allen at the bar called Pony Cart Bar mm-hmm. near Detroit's exclusive Palmer Woods neighborhood. Allen did not show up and was never heard from again. That's just sketchy. What's the confusing part? The whole, he wanted him to print these code words. So basically, in the so basically this dude was an informant on the case. Right. Okay. But he wanted to be... Uh, he wanted anonymity, so he sent the he sent the dude the, the a little taste of the information. Okay, and he he basically said, if you want more, do do you? I'm not giving you a phone number. I'm not giving you a mailing address or anything. Print this because I know how to contact you. Oh, gotcha. so if you want me, to, if you want to go go any further, the Weather Bureau makes the yeah. tree whatever. Print that in the newspaper. I read this newspaper. I'll see that that means like. Yes, contact me again, and I'm interested in the information that you have. We'd like you to be a witness or whatever. Mm. So he reads that, follows up with saying, like, he has photographs or sent them. He said he has them or he sent them Yeah, he has them. Saying he has photographs, set up the meeting. So it was just an exchange for something else. It was an exchange. It was basically like he was doing some spy shit. Like, he was like, I don't want you to have my phone number or any kind of way of contacting me. I'll contact you. Mm -hmm. So hit me, which already is, it seems trained. Like, I don't think regular civilians know how to do shit like this. Yeah, that's crazy. so it's already sketchy to like print this in a newspaper, and then him not showing up could be he was killed. It could be it was all it was all a prank. It could be it could be innocent in the sense of it was just somebody doing a prank, but it could also be 
somebody who this guy who he says Frank. Mm-hmm. Frank could have found out what he was doing and killed him. It, it could be that. That's great. So that's weird. That is a super sketchy thing. Yeah. Um, another suspect was Theodore Lam- Lambergen. Uh, police in Parma Heights, Ohio, arrested Ted, a retired auto worker believed to have been involved in a child porn ring mm. in the 1970s. On March 27, 2007, investigators told Detroit television station WXYZ, that Ted was considered the top suspect in the case. Ted pleaded guilty to 15 sex-related counts involving young boys rather than accept a plea bargain that would have required him to take a polygraph test on the Oakland County child killings. That means he knew some even more crazy shit and yep. just was, I'll, I'll take what, I'll, that. I'll take what the, you're giving me. Yeah. Wow. Ted also rejected an offer of a reduced sentence in exchange for a polygraph test. So they was like, man, can you look? <laughs> look, we're showing what your I, sentence for you. What I have in my mind, I would rather keep in my mind and serve whatever you're giving me. That is because the people that are involved person. are powerful. That's what I read that as. I would rather just do the jail sentence that you gave me than speak on these people who are involved in child pornography rings and child children abductions and all. yo, <laughs> Johnny Gosh, man, she Johnny Gosh. In October 2007, the family Mark of Mark Stebbins filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Ted seeking $25,000. The lawsuit alleges Ted, who lived in Metro Detroit in the late 1970s, abducted Mark and and held him captive in a Royal Oak house for for four days in February 1976 before smothering him to death during a sexual assault. Mm. Ted has never been formally linked nor charged in the death of Mark Stebbins. Attorney David A. Binkley has sought compensation including funeral costs for Stebbins' brother, Michael, but stressed that the money is secondary. I, I mean, they went after him and they didn't even know he did it, but just yeah. off of that information of him not doing that polygraph test, he was like, It was sketchy. Yeah, guy. that's sketchy. Yep. So Chris Bush, mm-hmm. the case sparked a new interest when Timothy, when Timmy King's father, Barry, and brother Chris tried to get the Michigan State Police to release information about Chris. The son of Harold Lee the son of Harold Lee Bush, a high level General Motors executive, Chris Bush had been in police custody shortly before Timmy before Timmy's abduction for suspected involvement in child pornography. Money talks, man. He allegedly committed Man, what's up with all these people in this child pornography though, man? It's a sick sick it's a sick, sick world, man. I go ahead. I don't wanna I, don't, I got some stuff all to right, say. Okay. Um, so he allegedly committed suicide in November 1978. Again, that's, that that speaks to... Who, Chris did or his... The father Chris, of... Chris, Chris. That oh. speaks to them powerful people again. There were no gunshots... Th- now listen to this. Mm-hmm. There was no gunshot residue found on him, though, and no blood splatter. Mm. Whatsoever. Furthermore, there were four shell casings found in his room. He was also found wrapped Neatly under his sheets. Come on, man. There was one bullet hole between his eyes. That sounds That's like an some, execution. Yes. Um, no blood and no blood and blood stained ligatures were found in his apartment. This sounds That's like a some, cleanup. <laughs> they killed that they killed that man and they cleaned up, man. That's 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 a cleanup job, man. Uh and there was a hand drawn image of a boy closely closely resembling Mark Stebbins. Screaming in agony, which was found pinned to the wall and which Bush 
allegedly committed suicide. Oh my God. There has been no confirmed activity in Oakland County child killer since his death. The Michigan State Police have since released 3,400 pages of investigative records to Barry King. Um, another one was Archibald Edward Sloan. For some reason, I love saying that name. I don't know why. Archibald? Yeah. <laughs> Sloan. It's, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Sloan was a pedophile who victimized young boys in his neighborhood. He became a person of interest when hair samples found in his 1966 Pontiac Bonneville match hair found on the bodies of Timothy King and Mark Stebbins. However, the hair samples did not match other victims. Sloan often lent his car out to his pedophile friends. One last person of interest was, can you guess? Can I guess? Yeah. Ooh, okay. It's the 70s. Um, Wayne Williams? No, 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 no. Mm, um, hmm. Okay. Mm. Nah, I got nothing. Okay. Authorities in Michigan were investigating the possibility that serial killer, John Wayne Gacy, could have been the Oakland County child killer. A witness to the 1977 abduction of Timothy Mm. King. Remember, so a witness of the 1977 abduction of Timothy King remembered seeing two men with King. Mm. The first suspect... And he's a cop. The first suspect was was described as a young man in his late 20s. The second suspect bore a strong resemblance to Gacy. John Wayne Gacy was allegedly in Michigan around that time of the murders. According to DNA tests abducted in 2013, Gacy was not involved in the Oakland County killings. Thought it was cool though that it came up. Whoa, (laughs) that really put. I was like, he's a police officer. He kills boys. Wow, yeah. And he had him neatly. He had him neatly buried under his under his house. Yep. So I was the neatness. Wow. Okay. Well, if he got they if they wrote him off, they wrote him off. I guess. Yep. Wow. So police reports obtained by Ken King included new revelations, including DNA testing of the new suspects, and sketch. A sketch found at the scene of Bush suicide of a boy resembling Mark Stebbins screaming in abject terror and wearing a hooded sweatshirt and a bloody rope also found at the scene of Bush suicide. That is crazy. Yeah, man, that whole thing's fucking crazy. I got some stuff to say, but I'm going to go. Catherine Broad, sister of Timothy King, compiled an archive of investigative investigation material in the case as the case grew. Upon research, the case records that King family produced a documentary entitled Decades of Deceit. Deceit. The documentary condemns the investigators and prosecutors for alleged alleged shady investigations and uncooperative communications and, in a particular, of disregarding leads the King's family discovered in 2006. Yeah. Funds generated from the sale of the documentary were donated to the Tim King Fund, um, designated to help abuse children and support child activities uh, for Birmingham children. So forensic DNA tests conducted in 2012, which is, I mean, this happened in the 70s. Yeah. 2012 showed that hair found on the, on the seat of a convicted child molester, Archibald, and in his 1966 Pontiac Bonneville, and on the bodies of victims, Mark Stebbins and Timothy King were matched and came from the same unknown man. The hair DNA does not match Sloan but implicates someone he knew or lent his card to. Mm. So in 2013, an anonymous informant 
reported a blue AMC Gremlin buried in a farm, buried in a farm field, wow. now being developed in Grand Blanc. Wow. Police are, are investigating the Gremlin for ties to the crime, as Timothy King was last seen in the blue in the blue Gremlin. Um, yeah, so Barry King and the father of victim Timothy King, they did the documentary. And Ten Years of Deceit. Yeah, and that came up with the whole um the DNA evidence that found in that car. Yeah. But they couldn't link it to anybody. They couldn't link it to anybody. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So wow. that was the story of the Oakland um county child killer. Okay. I've been coming up with a uh this is my um this is what I think happened. I can't think of the word for that right now. Um, Mike Mike Bush, um, the son of the rich, he like was the CEO of some kind of car company. Yeah. Um, Chris. Chris Bush. Mm-hmm. He likes kids. Mm-hmm. My proposition is because. I'm gonna rec- my recommendation is about the Jeffrey Epstein podcast. Mm. Jeffrey Epstein was basically the the he procured young girls for rich men. Okay, any seventeen and under, and everybody's so blown away by this whole thing. But for me, I'm like, well, what about what about rich dudes that like boys? Mm-hmm. What about rich dudes that like whatever? What about rich dudes that like this? What about? I think there's a Jeffrey Epstein, a dude that just has a stable of like young people or mm-hmm. whatever the. The organizer type guy? Huh? The organizer type? Yeah, the guy that gets the rich people Mm -hmm. what they want. So I think there's a bunch of Jeffrey Epsteins. Mm -hmm. I think Chris Bush was mixed up in some kind of, maybe not a Jeffrey Epstein, but a dude who was like, I'll bring you boys. Yeah. He brings him the boys. He just wants to bring bring him the boys. He has sex with the boys. And then this dude puts him back. Mm -hmm. You know? That's why they're showing up at, you know, close locations, cleaned. You know, not cleaned because... He cares yeah. clean because he's getting the DNA off of them, yeah. right? This dude's the son of some rich super tycoon. Mm-hmm. So the shit starts to fall down on, you know, they, they you know people start coming up the ladder. Yeah. They haven't found the killer, but they're like, well, they, we found this pedophile ring, this, this pornography ring, whatever. Chris is probably mixed up in that in some kind of way because he likes kids. Mm-hmm. He, quote unquote, commits suicide. Taking any kind of implications or anything, he's done. He, That's he's not, not investigated anymore. Yeah. And, his, and his dad... Is scot free, but he gets to, he gets shot, suicide, no evidence, no fucking. It's clean as a whistle, shot in the forehead, a bunch of bullshit as far as I'm concerned, and the whole shit is wiped clean, and the car disappears, is buried in some fucking. This is a cleanup job, man. Yeah. So to me, this screams that Chris Bush knew who the fuck was killing these kids because he was the one that was doing something to these kids. Yeah, that's me. If I'm if I'm just being fucking armchair, you know, detective, that shit screams. They fucking they cleaned house, got rid of everybody. The killer might be dead. Yeah. They might have got rid of him too and be buried somewhere with a bullet in between his forehead. And so that all these rich people who might have been involved in the background, the Jeffrey Epstein type of person who might have also be abducting little boys, mm-hmm. he stays clean. The, the fucking CEO, whoever the Mike, Chris's dad is, stays clean. And all it is is just you catch these low-level guys. This guy who's a pedophile who lends his car to people sometimes. Mm-hmm. This wasn't some dude who just likes to molest kids. Yeah. This was like a professional. Yeah. So. How would they, why would you, you couldn't, I couldn't sit there and you tell me this was a suicide. 
No. What do you mean? He shot himself in the forehead. There was no blood and anywhere. Was clean. And what? He was wrapped himself. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, no. That screams sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. I don't want to know any further. I don't want to go any further with my uh, accusations. Wow. But that's what that shit sounds like. This is some high level shit. This isn't just some kids fell into the wrong hands. It sounds like they were, all of them were like, you know, caught by themselves. Yeah. So, them tips that they got when they found that child pornography ring wasn't a a false, like, uh, unrelated tip. Yeah. I think it's all connected. You know, it it led them to more stuff. Yeah. That is, you know, so, yeah. um, Great, great affirmative murder. Um, theory. That's my theory. It was That's my theory. Up, it's coming up too word. much on in this damn show. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, um, they're just a conspiracy. I don't know shit. I, that's it's probably super stupid what I just said and can be disproven. But that shit is not to me. Those four unsolved murders were not just a bunch of kids who were unlucky to be clean and put, placed somewhere to be yeah. found so that there there's no more mystery. They just get found and it's done. Everything seemed intentional. They're clean, whatever. The girl who got her face shot, that even seems a little more intentional now when I'm in the context of everything else that you told me. Yeah. Maybe they did, wanted her to be harder to identify. Maybe something happened where they wanted her, they shot her that way. Mm. You know, maybe maybe she saw somebody she wasn't supposed to see. Yeah. And he he did it. You know, maybe somebody else shot her. You know, so that is, um, yeah, no, man, that's dark. That's some dark shit. Yeah. So um, she I have, got real in that story. Yeah, I have no further questions or anything. I don't. Um, <laughs> I'm good. I'm super good on that. I'm super good. Um, recommendations, cause let's move on. Um, uh, Summer Walker, uh, R&B album came out this week. Great, great music. Some great fall R&B. Um, and I've been listening to, like I mentioned, the Jeffrey Epstein podcast, which Jeff, you know, we talked about Jeffrey Epstein. They have a podcast kind of breaking down his empire and how he started it, some of the tactics he used. Um, how he's fucking the victims of his crimes out of being able to get some kind of civil settlement. He's got his money tied up in all kind of litigations and shit that could could ha- last for like a hundred years. He's dead now, no? He's dead now, but his money basically, they're the victims. His victims are trying to sue for compensation, mm-hmm. or they might be. They might not be, but they're just they're like they have the option to. Mm-hmm. But he basically put his money offshores in the Bahamas, I believe, and they're. Um, financial situation is so small that it it would take the amount of money that he left he, he left there it would take hundreds of years possibly for them to figure out a way to you know get it out of the what do Bahamas. you mean he left it he left it in the Bahamas what does that he, mean? it's like an offshore account you ever heard that in the movie that's like a thing people rich people put their money in the Grand Caymans who are doing dirty shit for somebody to that he knows closely to go get it no no it's his money but it's just offshore so the government if something but I'm goes about now that he's dead though well yeah it's the state Okay, that's yeah, what I mean. For yeah. somebody, his his left his loved ones. Whoever's left, but but they're trying to they're saying that the people, his victims, have the ability to sue his estate in civil court for you know you know raping them and making them have sex with these people and abducting them and all this kind of stuff. But the way that the money is set up in such a small country, that could take they'll be dead. It mm. could take hundreds. They'll all die. That's why from just age. It would take hundreds of years for them to finally go, okay, well, we crunch the numbers and whatever, da 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 and okay, we'll pay each of you a million dollars to your great-grandkids. So the only per- people that know is the people that he told it to, right? His family, I'm guessing. He didn't have much family. There's really nobody really even to give the money to, I don't think. That's I gotta continue. Wow. Yeah, so it's just like he found a way to fuck them from the grave where it's like, mm. okay, well, I'm dead, but y'all will never get my money. My money will only go to the people I want it to go to. Savage. 
So, so interesting podcast, very informative. And like I said, Summer Walker's album's great. You know, that's what I've been listening to. And um, that's all I got. Fran, what you been doing? And, you know, what you... None. You don't listen to it. We've been, I've been asking you <laughs> to recommend something for like weeks now. You don't listen to music or watch TV? A little bit. What are you? What are you listening to? What you listen to on the way here? Uh, Young and May. Okay, was you listening <laughs> to Young and May then? Okay, cool. I was. Th- I'm thinking just related, true crime related stuff. I just said some Walker album, but you played it in the the thing. No. I didn't play that in the thing. I oh, played that in between. Oh, I thought you played just, that. Yeah, in the thing. no, no. I'm just saying. What are you doing? What are you recommending to the people? Sometimes people don't mm. want to do true crime stuff. They want to break. What are you? What are you watching when you're not watching true crime stuff? When I'm not watching true crime stuff, I am watching. Um, I started watching this show. I forgot the goddamn name of it. What is that? What's the show you told me about? I just started watching it. The Wu Assassin? No. No. That wasn't it. The um, Wire? Um, no. It was a show you were just telling me about about some girl. Some girl. Oh, Killing Eve? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, great show. That wasn't it, but yeah, that one too. Okay. You recently <laughs> just told me about one, and it, that wasn't it. I remember that one. Okay. That's the so, girl from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, okay. Uh huh. One you just told me about. Some other girl. The, the cartoon looking one. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shit, I forgot the name of that, but that's yeah. on Amazon I Prime. I mentioned that. that last week. I don't remember the name of it right yeah. now. Yeah, that was pretty good so far. That. It's interesting. It's yeah. really cool. It's cool, right? It's cool looking. It's trippy looking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting. That's for sure interesting. Yeah. Also, um, a show, you know, you sparked it at me. Um, I've been watching. I don't know if it's for everybody. I thought I was going to hate it because it's basically about um, fucking filthy rich people and CEOs and all this kind of stuff. It's this show called Secession. And it's okay. about this like tycoon CEO mm-hmm. who is about to step down from his company and he has four kids. And he has to decide who he wants to give the company to. But they're all just evil, despicable people. It's mm-hmm. a very interesting show. It comes on HBO. I thought I was going to hate it. I thought it was going to be like about the 1% and how awesome their life is. And it kind of is. But it's also they're evil, despicable people. And you kind of hate everybody. But you also kind of like everybody in weird ways. So, um, yeah. So, also, there's another bonus suggestion for me. Uh, yeah. So, that's all I got. Yeah. Also, uh, season 14 of Always Sunny is out. Oh, shit. Is it? What yes. is it? Is it like it started out, or it it's like came- out? It's, like they it just started. Out? It just started oh, okay. like week, last week. week. Yeah, they do week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So that like show that? man has been running long, man. Yeah. I love that show because it's so bulletproof. You know, <laughs> um, in the in a world where everything is like overly sensitive and they're going going back ten years and all this kind of mm. stuff. Because always Sunny's done blackface. Yeah. But they do it. It's satirical. Like mm. in within the show, somebody will go, "Whoa, man, that's super racist." Yeah. They're not doing it in a way where they're like. Hey man, I'm I'm just playing OJ Simpson and it's cool and it's just funny. Yeah. There's always somebody in the show saying that's wrong. Yeah. And that is how you can get away with it because you're acknowledging like, "Oh, you're fucked up for doing that." And you find a comedy lane within yeah. it. Yeah. I fucking love that yeah, show. Yeah. Like was the one I think it was one of just the I don't want to go off track. Here. It was one episode, it was one of the first episodes where the D was dating a black guy. Uh-huh. And then he was like yeah, my sister goes to the college. He was like, so Mac was like, so is that your your sister or your <laughs> your, your sister your sister something like that? I was, that shit was hilarious. Yo, they that show has been that show has been yeah. like right up on the edge for years. Yeah. That show has never won it's an hilarious. Emmy. That show has never won anything. I think it's a crime. I think that they're just too edgy and too raw for any of those kind of award shows to want to even touch it and play yeah. a clip of it on their award ceremony or whatever. And they don't give a fuck, you know. They even had an episode making fun of. That they don't get awards, you know, like <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. it's just like they did it where it's like it's the bar awards and they wanted to like we're gonna make it like we're like all the other bars yeah. like it's, they're they just, be going they they be going at uh 
The Office. Oh my God, the show, the show, <laughs> that show is genius. That's one of the best shows ever yeah. to me, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. All right, cool. So always new, always sunny out. Uh, Summer Walker album, Young Ma album, Secession. Uh, that show I mentioned last week that Fran also watches, and Killing Eve. Phoebe yeah. Waller Bridge is a genius. Killing Eve is great, and so is Fleabag. And, and you know, so um, yeah, so go out, check those things out when you're not getting your true crime on. And we'll see you guys next week for the big 100th episode, man. Again, thank you guys so much for just listening and being a part of the community and being a part of conversations. Um, you know, you can't have a podcast without listeners. So um, thank everybody that listens and new listeners, old listeners, everybody. Shout out, we appreciate you very much. And uh, yep, yeah, see you guys next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.